Amen. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. We are in the last major section of Ephesians, known as the whole armor of God. Today we'll be focusing on verse 16. The shield of faith, which can extinguish all of the flaming darts of the evil one. Now that's where we'll land in verse 16, but I want to read again verses 10 through 18 so that we have our context. And for those that haven't been here in a while, uh, we're trying something new and we are standing as we read. So please stand and follow as I read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. And remember that this is the Word of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Amen. may be seated. We are in the middle of a war against enemies who are much stronger than we are. The rulers, authorities, cosmic powers, uh, spiritual forces of evil. This is talking about Satan and his servants. That said, though our enemies are much stronger than we are in and of ourselves, we have not been left to face our enemies in and of ourselves. One of the great themes in Ephesians is that we are in Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ has all power and authority in heaven and on earth, including power and authority over Satan and his servants. And we are in Him. Therefore, we have access to everything we could ever need in order to withstand our enemies and stand firm in Christ to the end. So in the end, we know that Jesus wins and we will triumph over our enemies in Him. That said, right now, it's go time. And uh, we have a responsibility to fight. We must always be putting on and keeping on the whole armor of God, taking up the means of God's strength that He has given to us. In our own strength, we are no match for our enemies, but we have not been left to our own strength. We have been called to be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. That's verse 10. To take up the whole armor of God so that we will indeed be able to withstand and stand firm. So as I said a couple minutes ago, Part of the armor that we're talking about today is in verse 16. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming darts of the evil one. This is not talking about the circular shield that you would hold on your arm in combat. It's talking about a rectangular shield that's more like it's as big as a door. Uh, So when the army was advancing toward the enemy gates the soldiers would join together behind their big old shields and they would serve uh, you know, as like doors uh, as they kind of advance. 
they would join their shields together side by side. If you've seen any old, you know, war movies from the ancient days, uh, you've seen this. But they'd gather behind their shields with them joined together, all the while advancing toward the walls of the enemy. So the, the picture is of an advancing army. Uh, the enemies are shooting flaming arrows off the top of the wall. We're joined together with our shields, crouched down behind them, so that the arrows either hit the shield or fly overhead, advancing all the while. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming darts of the evil one. So the first point I want us to think about today is faith is a part of the armor of God. In other words, faith is a gift from God. It's not a part of what we possess in and of ourselves. Faith is not a product of our own strength. Our faith is a gift from God. It's a part of the armor. It's a part of God's strength that He has given to us. Now, certainly we must take up the armor. We have to exercise our faith, but it's important to realize that we would not have our faith if God did not first give it to us. I'll show you a Another couple passages that speak this way. Look back in Ephesians at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. By grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We're saved by grace through faith in Christ. And it's not our own doing. It's a gift from God. It's not a result of our work. It's a result of God's work. The way we tend to think about faith is that God did everything else, but then we have to believe. Uh, That work is left up to us. And it's true that we have to believe in Jesus Christ in order to be saved, but our faith is not according to our works. It's something... It's not something we produced, it's something that God produced. We wouldn't have the capacity to believe if God didn't give us the gift of saving faith. It's a work of God, it's a gift from God, it's not of ourselves so that none of us can boast about the fact that we have faith in Christ. Uh, Turn to the right to 1 Peter 1 and I'll show you another passage that speaks about faith in a similar way. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 4. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So we've been brought to new life in Christ. We've been promised an eternal inheritance in Christ that's being kept for us in heaven. We're not there yet. But we can be confident that we will get there. Why? Because we're being guarded by God's power through faith. Faith is what He has given us to guard us with His power. Faith is not according to our own power. Faith is according to God's power. 
Faith is a part of the armor that God has given us so that we can withstand our enemies and stand firm to the end. In our own strength, we are no match for our enemies, but we have not been left to our own strength. We're being guarded by God's power, God's strength, through the faith that He has given to us. We absolutely have to exercise our faith. We have to take up the shield. We have to do the good work of believing, trusting, resisting, standing, fighting in faith. But we need to recognize that we have been given the shield of faith in the first place. We need to know that our faith did not originate with our work. It is a work of God. He worked it into us. We work it out throughout the journey of our salvation. Knowing this keeps us from pride. It keeps us from the temptation of giving ourselves credit where we are in following the Lord. Now, we might not ever give ourselves credit if we're answering like on a multiple choice test, right? Who do we give the credit to, us or God? Of course, we're going to answer, well, God gets all the credit. Uh, But in real time, I think we can tend to be prideful about where we are. It comes out when we think about other people in our lives who are not trusting the Lord, uh, they're not following the Lord, and they're making a mess of their lives. If they would just trust the Lord, if they would just get in church, if they would just do right, and by what, what we mean by that is if they would just trust the Lord like I did, like I'm doing, if they would just, you know, kind of be more like me. And maybe that's true. But we need to kill any pride that is there on our end. Our faith is a gift. It must be exercised. But it didn't originate with our work. And and it's very humbling to realize that. It certainly makes us grateful and not prideful. It's a work of God. Knowing that our faith is a gift keeps us from pride. It gives us more compassion for those who are lost. It sends us back to the Lord in prayer, both in gratitude for where we are and also interceding for them that He would intervene in their life like He's intervened in ours. Knowing that faith is a gift keeps us from pride. It also significantly increases our sense of eternal security. So Philippians 1.6, Paul says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. At the end. God started a new work in you. We read about that in 1 Peter. God started the work of salvation in you when He brought you to new life in Christ. He will complete it when He brings you to glory. And your faith in Christ is a part of the work that He will bring to completion. If faith is all about your work, then when your faith is weak, you don't have much ground for continuing to believe that you really belong to the Lord. But if you, ever, if you understand that before your faith becomes something that you work out, it's something that God worked into you. And He is committed to bringing it to completion. Knowing that faith is a gift is an important part of taking up the shield of faith to extinguish the flaming darts of the enemy. So some of the darts that He shoots at us are getting us to try to believe that we don't really belong to the Lord. You know, He wants to capitalize on our weak faith. But knowing that Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith, as it says in Hebrews 12, our faith may waver, but even when it's weak, we can trust that the Lord is perfecting it all the while. 
We can say with the man in Mark chapter 9, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. I believe, I don't perfectly believe. I've got doubts. I've got issues. I believe you, help my unbelief. And we're saying, you know how to work this thing. You're the one who gave it to me. Help strengthen my faith so that I can endure in standing firm to the end. So we tend to think about faith like climbing a rock wall uh, all the way to the top and the abyss is below, right? We're clinging to the Lord in faith with the abyss down there. And that may be the case. Maybe that's a good picture. And certainly we must climb. Don't quit. It's only those who endure to the end who will be saved. But we can also take great comfort in knowing that God has supernaturally chained us to the rock. There are times when our faith is weak. There are times when our fingers slip. But for those who are truly His, we're not going to fall into the abyss. We may beat up against the rock, but God will preserve us. And in God's time, He will give us the strength to re-engage and keep climbing. So there was a woman in my office this week. I wouldn't talk about her, but none of you know her. I didn't know her. Uh, And she was losing her faith. Her dad's dying. He's been sick for a long time. Uh, None of her children believe. They're secularists, atheists. Uh, Her husband the same way from a Jewish heritage, but not really a practicing Jew, just more kind of a secular atheist mindset. You know, we die and then that's all. And and so she's been surrounded by this for a long time. She's grieving the loss of her father. She's watching his suffering. And she said, I'm losing my faith. So she was telling this to a friend of hers who I know and referred uh, that she would come and talk to me. And so I'm just reminding her of things that are said to us in the Scriptures. The hope that we have in Christ. The promises that God has made to His people. I don't know if she's one of His. All I know is I'm just going to speak the truth to her. And uh, maybe she's one of those that's flailing, banging up against the rock. Maybe she's free-falling into the abyss. I don't know. But all I can do is speak the truth in love and, and see what happens. And this doesn't happen very often, but a, a extreme change in countenance and transformation just in... Uh, she was in total agreement with everything we're saying, and she's at the end saying, God has used this to put me back together, and I, I believe Him. Thank you for reminding me of, of the truth. And uh, it's just a, a great encouragement. But the point is, at that moment, it's not about whether you can lose your faith. It's about whether the Lord can lose you. And the answer is no. He started a good work in you. He will bring it to completion in the end. He allows our faith to ebb and flow through these very difficult trials. She's in the midst of a very difficult trial. He puts us through trials where we feel very weak, all a part of His plan to strengthen and to perfect our faith. So on the one hand, faith is a gift. On the other hand, we have to use it. We have to exercise our faith. We have to take up the shield. We are in a war, and it's go time. So let us think for a few minutes about what faith is, and we'll talk more about uh, extinguishing the fiery darts of the enemy. What is faith? There might be a couple words that come to mind. Shout out something. What do you think about when you think about faith? Belief, trust, 
And that's what I thought about. But we can be more precise. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. God gives us a definition of faith in His Word. Hebrews 11. That's just before 1 Peter, James. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So faith involves having assurance. It involves having confidence in what it is that we're hoping for. It involves having conviction about what it is that we believe, even if we do not see what we believe. Noah is an example. If you'll look in verse 7 of Hebrews 11, by faith Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. In other words, Noah believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Just like Abraham after him, just like those of us who believe that God sent His Son to take the punishment for our sin. We believe that we're saved in Christ, and that belief in Christ is counted to us as righteousness. As for Noah, God told him that the storm was coming, and He told him to get prepared. Even though he had never seen rain like that, nobody had, even though what he was doing seemed absolutely ridiculous to everyone around him, he's building a massive boat in the desert. We live by faith in what God has said, not by sight. God's Word is more certain than anything else in all of creation. We've heard this one a lot if you've been in the service before. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of the Lord endures forever. Human opinion waffles and wanes, but the Word of the Lord is constant, it's lasting, It is sure. There may never have been another time in human history where popular perspective has shifted so rapidly as it has in our day on issues of morality, sexuality, and so on. And it's all evidence of a deeper operating assumption. Truth is what you make it. Do what you feel. Happiness is ultimate virtue. It's all evidence of a widespread rejection of what God has said. I am absolutely certain that they are wrong. Convicted and convinced deep in my bones. Even if that resigns me to being the equivalent of a man building a ship in the desert. Because God has spoken. We live by faith in the Word of God, which is truth. No matter what you believe, no matter what anyone believes, they cannot change the reality of what is. We're not living for what we see all around us. We're living for the hope that we've been promised in Christ. We're not living for the kingdoms of this world. We're living for the King of Kings. We are citizens of another kingdom. For God's kingdom, which God has said, will never end. Even if that seems to be growing increasingly irrelevant in our day, It's happened before. That boat seemed to be pretty irrelevant in the desert. 
turned out it was the only way to be saved. Jesus seemed to be pretty irrelevant when He was buried in a grave. But He conquered death. He reigns in heaven. And in God's time, He will return. He will prove to everyone ever that He is indeed the only way to be saved. We don't live by sight. We live by faith in what God has said. Which means we had better be immersed in what God has said. We had better be so engaged in the Word of God that not only do we know the truths and the themes that are contained in it, but that the truth in it becomes our instincts. That the truth gets inside of us and takes over our sinful, deceitful inclinations. There is a way that seems right to a man and it is stupid. We must not trust anything that has not originated in the Word of God. Whether it's about salvation, whether it's about marriage, whether it's about sexuality, whether it's about human value, whatever it is, the culture is on the attack. And not just to give us propositions, they're on the attack to form our instincts. And frankly, the church is going to get eaten alive if we don't so immerse ourselves in the Word of God until it takes us over. We need what Al Mohler has called convictional intelligence that we would have greater confidence in God's Word than in the fact that I just took a breath. Yeah, I'm breathing. But God's Word is eternal. And it is true. To take up the shield of faith, we have to have a deep conviction and confidence in what God has said. More than we are sure of anything. Anything that we see. Anything that we feel. Anything that we think. In and of ourselves. Oh, that God would give this deep and abiding conviction to the church in our day in order that we will be able to withstand the enemy and stand firm in Christ. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So let's talk about uh, some more of those darts Some of the enemy's darts have to do with false teaching. That's what we've been talking about. False teaching about salvation, about sexuality, and beyond. False teaching is rampant in our day. It's rampant in the church. It's rampant in the schools. It's rampant in the media. It's rampant in family conversations. It's everywhere. In the name of tolerance, we want to change eternal definitions of sexuality. But Satan doesn't care about that as much as he cares about this. His chief aim is to get people believing that there's more ways than one way to be saved. In this culture that we live in, you will be tempted to believe wrong things about human sexuality. You will be tempted to believe wrong things about salvation. You will be tempted to believe and at times will even feel that there just has to be more than one way to be saved. Take up the shield of faith. Believe what God has said to extinguish the fiery darts of the devil. There are fiery darts of false teaching. There are fiery darts of doubt and despair. We all have doubts. But we cannot give in to despair. We must fight. I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. You know, I think the woman that I talked with this week provides a great example for us. She had deep doubts. She was teetering on the edge of despair, but she told somebody. She didn't 
what Satan wants us to do is to just stay isolated and stay in our own heads about it. And that's someone that she told, recommended as she comes talk to me. God's taking care of her all the while and He's bringing comfort, He's bringing truth, He's bringing strength for her faith. She brought it into the light. That was scary. You know, it's humiliating. But it was an act of faith. And it significantly helped her to where she is today. Something we should think about here is faith in community. Everyone has their own shield, but our shields are joined together as we advance as one toward the enemy walls. The Lord Jesus saves us individually, but He has saved us as a part of His body. We belong to one another. The Holy Spirit is building us into God's temple, God's dwelling place by the Spirit. We cannot go at this thing alone. So she brought her doubts and her despair to a Christian friend, uh, brought it into the light, which again itself is an act of faith. And then she was reminded in the body of Christ about what God's Word has said. It is true. And she's putting her confidence there. She's not putting her confidence in what her family's saying. She's not putting her confidence in what she feels, what her emotions are saying. As hard as it can be to go against what your family's saying and what your emotions are saying. Her confidence is in Christ. So bring your doubts. Bring your depression. Bring your despair into the light. It's okay. It's okay that we're not okay. You may not be helped right away, but by God's grace, you too will find yourself in a situation where a brother or sister in Christ can speak the light of God's Word into your darkness, whatever that may be. We can't go at this thing alone. Keep going back to our brothers and sisters with what burdens you and also to the Lord uh, in His Word on your own. Again, we're not at it alone. He meets us every day, anytime, anywhere. And even if it feels like climbing a mountain, even if it doesn't feel like it's sinking in, just so that God's Word will be coming at us. I thought about uh, counseling here. I know there are lots of options out there for counseling, and some are very good. Uh, but let me say that if they are not leading you, if you end up in counseling and they're not leading you to better engage in God's Word, if they're not reminding you of what God has said, go somewhere else. It's not worth your time. They cannot help you in a lasting way. They may help you short term. That's not what we're after. Next, how about the uh, fiery darts of temptation for lust, whether that's for another human or for money or for power or more security or whatever it is. You know, the enemy knows that he has an ally in our sinful flesh. So not only do we have an enemy outside of us shooting fiery darts, we also have an enemy inside of us. Our desires betray us. Even as Christians, we're desperately sick in our sin. And Satan and his servants love to play off of our deceitful, sinful desires. Take up the shield of faith. Talk to yourself in light of what God has said. So you feel an all-consuming passion to get more money. Is that God exposing a love of money in your heart? Well, you know what God has said. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. i got to kill the root. So all the rest of that evil doesn't come out in my life as fruit. 
If you love money, take up the shield of faith. Remind yourself what God has said and do whatever you can to kill that love of money. Don't know how? I've got some ideas. And uh, bring it into the light. Somebody can help. Or you feel a burning passion for a different spouse than the one you have. Or maybe you don't want a different spouse. You just want a bunch of girlfriends on your computer that only you know about. Take up the shield of faith. Talk to yourself in light of what God has said. I know she seemed sweet in the beginning, but God's Word tells me plain and clear, in the end, the forbidden woman is as bitter as wormwood. She will destroy you, and she will destroy many others. I know it seems like you would be happier with Him, but that's not who God has given to you. Thank the Lord for where He has you, single or married. And we think, Lord, my sin leads me to covet someone else's life. But I'm not going to follow my sin. I'm going to follow you. It's true for all of us. Maybe that coveting looks different. Every single one of us, at some point, covets someone else's life. Paul said, I wouldn't know what sin was if the law didn't say thou shalt not covet, because it gets to the heart. It gets to those desires that we're not necessarily saying, but we're thinking. Boy, that would be nice. Take up the shield of faith. What about darts of accusation? I don't know about you. I feel like those come for me first thing in the morning. Some people say at night. But there are times, it seems like just my most vulnerable times, uh, when my sin is ever before me. And then come the accusations. My sin's raging around inside of me and the thought comes, you must not be saved. Well, it would seem so, Satan but you don't understand the Gospel. I'm not righteous in and, of us, in and of myself. This whole thing is not about me being right. I'm messed up. I got sin. My sin is ever before me, but my Father in Heaven has granted me another's righteousness. He's granted me the righteousness of His Son. Jesus paid for all of my sins, and He has brought me into the family of God. We're taking up the shield of faith. We're talking to ourselves in light of the truth of the Gospel. Father, my sin is ever before me. I'm tempted to think only about Your wrath. But I believe that I have peace with You in Jesus Christ. That's what we talked about last week. I believe that He killed the hostility between me and You. I believe, Lord Jesus, that You have made me right with God. We believe. Help our unbelief. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming darts of the evil one. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank You for Your grace. We thank You for Your Word. It is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Lord, we are deep in sin. Even now, our own desires betray us. Our sin is often ever before us. And we confess that we often give in to it. Lord, thank You that our relationship with You does not depend on us being right, but on Christ having been. Thank You, Lord Jesus, for Your perfect life sacrificed in Your substitutionary death. Thank You that You rose from the grave, that You've defeated our sin, You've defeated death, that You've brought us into the family of God. We believe You, Lord. Help our unbelief. 
Give us that deep and abiding conviction and confidence in Your Word. Root us and build us up in Christ and establish us in the faith that You've entrusted to us that we might withstand the enemies and stand firm all the way to the end. Lord, there is an assault. We're in the middle of a war. We thank You You've given us what we need to fight. Teach us, Lord, to abide in You, to trust in You, to depend on You, to be strong in Your strength, and to walk with You all of our days. Lord, continue to strengthen and sustain us by Your grace. Thank You for meeting us here today. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Alright, we do have a few minutes. If someone would like to comment or if someone has a question. Just not all at once. All right. Well, good day. Still some donuts back there, maybe?